you show up to your room and your roommate is a nun, that would be really a shocker. That would have made my first year very different. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we are doing a roundup of Catholicism in the news. You know what? I've missed hearing you say that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been a long time. I'm very, I'm very happy that we're recording together. And no. And just the two of us. And we haven't done Catholicism in the news in like a couple months, I think. So much. We're not going to get to all of it, but we'll we'll do some highlights. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Man, I was at the Museum of Science and Industry yesterday in Chicago with my kids because they had... Aww. Currently, I'm home with my kids. And so I try to take advantage. They had half a day of school. And then there was a free day for Illinois residents at the museum. And I was like, my Polish grandma instilled this in me. Like, yes, you know, you look for a deal. I was like, we can go for free. There's going to be nobody there because it's a weird half day for us, but not other kids are in school. So it was really fun. But there were a lot of field trips there. And I saw these nuns <gasps> two nuns in full habits and i'm talking like their veils went all the way down to their ankles like these oh. i don't know what order they were they were these were nun nuns they were there with some students from a catholic school i assume some older like middle schoolers were all the students dressed like madeline <laughs> they kind of were actually their uniforms were sort of fancier too than i normally see. Oh. i don't remember there might have been ties or something there was something like where I was like, oh, that feels next level. Wow. Fancy Catholic school uniform. Like, not my, like, you know, we were always no. disheveled. These kids look put together. But they were standing looking at this farm exhibit. And I was like, I <laughs> I have this weird. I was like, ooh, nuns. Like, I was weirdly yes. excited. We talk about nuns a lot. In the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see nuns every day. But now it's like a rare occurrence. I know. There they are, just living their lives, looking at the museum. Did they step into that, like, was it tornado or hurricane thing where you get blown around? Oh, yeah. No, they. I didn't see. That would have been interesting. I saw them just observing the museum as one does. I didn't see them, like, doing anything too wild. But um, That's too crazy. Yeah, saw some nuns. Saw some nuns in the wild. So, <laughs> thought of I this podcast. It. I love it. All right. Well, where do we want to? dive in stuff i don't know i feel like you gotta you gotta start us off okay all right where do i even want to begin oh <laughs> before we get to news news i don't know that i've done this before but i would like to publicly address something that we posted on our social media okay that has gotten me some feedback because i think it really a lot of people really responded to it oh so we posted this let's see mid-january okay and it's somebody's tweet this guy alex says alex unfortunately don't know uh so he says catholic schools really threw you into an empty parking lot and said recess steph well, i don't know why this is a thing and i had briefly thought of this <laughs> while driving past like my kids have the greatest playground and i then i started thinking about all the public schools i've worked at and they all had some kind of playground at least at least if they had like k through five students around right and i was like hold up and I went to three different Catholic elementary schools. None of them had anything resembling a playground. And to take it one step further, I then realized that Queen of Martyrs, where I started in fourth grade and was the least of a fan of, not only did we not have a music class or an art class, we didn't have recess. No recess at all. No recess. And then I was like, huh, maybe that had something to do with literally one boy being expelled every year. Who couldn't sit still all day. Yeah. As a teacher, I can't imagine doing that to myself. That sounds horrible. But if you were really a good Catholic, you wouldn't need recess. <laughs> Probably during the time that most kids have recess, we were having religion class. Because you have to fit that in somewhere. I guess you do. Because you have to do the major subjects. Unless you take out science, which maybe <laughs> people do. But did you, okay, so tell, wait, you didn't go to Catholic elementary school. I went, well, okay, so at the very end of eighth grade, I went for a month. <laughs> right. But my brother and sister, it, it was a K through eighth school. Yeah. 
and my brother and sister then continued on there. Okay, right. They're younger. So I, I'm, I am familiar with the layout of the school. Right. And was there a playground? Because it's Florida, you always had to have your lunch outside. I think when it rained, you had it at your desk. I don't even think they had a cafeteria. But otherwise, there were, you know, it's nice out usually. So you had to eat outside. I think we played on the picnic tables and then on the blacktop. Yeah. Because there's. I don't remember. There's no. Yeah, there's no slides. No. In first and second and third, like at Tommy Moore and Terubias, the other two schools I was at, they would occasionally throw us like some chalk or like a hula hoop or something. But I don't even feel like that was every time. We played a lot of Red Rover. There was so much Red Rover. So you said you got feedback on this post. Are people disagreeing with you? Upset about it? No, everyone is like, yeah, where was the playground? Why was there no playground at my school? And then I was talking to a friend about this who went to to one of my catholic schools with me and then she and i went to to the moth where i mm-hmm. was ended up performing but the host of the moth in chicago some of the time is jacoby cochran i'm gonna give him a shout out he is the host of chicago city cast which is a great daily chicago podcast um, it's cool so he was hosting and he made a joke about having recess on a parking lot and my friend Erin looked at each other and she was like, oh, my God, it's like that tweet. I bet he went to Catholic school. So after the show, I was like, hey, Jacoby, did you go to Catholic school? And he was like, yeah, K through 12. I went to Catholic school. And I was like, I knew it because the no playground thing. So. Wow. OK, so this is a thing. It's a real thing. I do have one friend who said that at some point her school installed some kind of playground, but it was only for the kindergartners or something weird like that. So she never got to use it and her sister got to use it one year. Is it because like Catholic schools don't have money? That's what I'm wondering if it's just the maintenance. Because I mean, notoriously, from what I understand, so maybe it's not notorious, (laughs) it's my understanding, but Catholic schools don't pay their teachers terribly well. No, they pay less than, well, at least around here, they definitely pay less than public school teachers because public school teachers are unionized around here. I think, I mean, please, listeners, if you are a Catholic school teacher, let us let know us if that know. is the truth. I, I mean, people are drawn to it because they're usually smaller class sizes or smaller communities, but... Or there's racial stuff going on in the Chicago... No. <laughs> Chicago? Race stuff? Never. In the case of everywhere... Yeah, so that's what I'm assuming. It's like a maintenance money thing because the school district pays for playground upkeep or sometimes sometimes right. there's like a thing with the park district. Like I, I'm on the school, our school PTO. I know that that stuff comes up about like who takes care of what on the playground. So yeah, it's like the school's responsibility to upkeep. So I guess that's it. But man, you would think somebody. I've definitely talked to people who are like, oh no, in my. There are communities where it's like the the wealthy kids are the ones who go to Catholic school because that's like the private right, school in the area. True. So it's like those those people couldn't afford a playground, really? Maybe. Tell us, listeners, write, call us, tell us. We want to know if maybe if your Catholic school has had an amazing playground, we need to know. So please tell us. It's just like the nuns being like, look. Vow of poverty. Here's your one piece of chalk. Make it last eight years. Exactly. It's like the yearly thing we had to do where we just ate a cheese sandwich and couldn't talk at lunch. And that was what it was supposed to teach us what it's like to be poor. Maybe it's part of it. It's like austerity. (laughs) You have mentioned that before. Uh, And you're a priest. Tell us about working with impoverished people. But we are eating a cheese sandwich in silence. And that teaches us what it's like. I don't know. I mean, I feel I can tell just from the story what it's like. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like to be food in here. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah, there's been some feedback. I feel like we got a lot of people responding to when we posted it. And then I've had people say to me in real life, like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. You're right. Why didn't we have a playground? So there we go. Mysteries. And let's see. In terms of news news, let me give you some real news. And then maybe you have some news. Let's hit me. This is kind of a an enjoyable one. There was something that came through my feed. It said Newman University needed housing. A local convent had space. Now nuns and students share a dorm. Yes. So basically, they it's what it sounds like. This, let's see, <laughs> where is this? It's in Delaware County. Pennsylvania or? Yes. Okay. Joined the 40 Sisters of St. Francis of Philadelphia who already lived there. So I guess they didn't have enough housing and the this convent didn't have enough nuns, too much space, too few 
nuns so they had some college <laughs> students move in there the reason that this particularly got me was the byline or the whatever it's called the quote that they pulled out to yeah. to post said it says being with the young is like a shot of cocaine sister lamana 79 said recently sister what are you doing that you know that reference said recently when sisters and students gathered to talk about their unusual living arrangement fellow sisters urged lamana to use a different word noting that she really has no knowledge of what cocaine is like shot of adrenaline was suggested and she said no stronger than that see she knows <laughs> She does. They're like, sister, you don't know what cocaine is like. She's like, or do I? <laughs> uh, side eye. I love that she was like, no, it is like cocaine. Um, yeah. So it's very, uh, you know, kind of puff piece, but it's cute. They talk about like a picture that one of the girls has of her dancing with one of the nuns. The student says the nun was showing me some of her dance moves. Nice. And then the nun is like, I have to appear in public after this. You can't be showing people this. And then she's like, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I love our dance parties. And it's <gasps> it's just wholesome nuns hanging out with young women in college. And it sounded fun to me. I love it. Yeah. I just find it very, I mean, I wonder if you have to like sign up for it or if you just got like placed there or... <laughs> That's that true. Shocking. Like not my, uh, you know, your typical college experience. You show and- up to your room and your your roommate is a nun. I don't think that's how it went. That would be really a shocker. That would have been made my first year very different. You never know. Nuns could be fun. Could have been better for me. Really <laughs> could have. They probably. I would imagine nuns might be would be like conscientious roommates. They'd be quite. You won't worry about them being up all night, right? You know, leaving stuff everywhere. I assume nuns are all very neat. If there's a messy nun, that would shock me. I bet, you know, even if they're, like, naturally messy, I bet, you know, it's not allowed. Right, exactly. Like, they they must, like, work it out of you. Yeah. (laughs) Learn not to be. I was thinking about nuns. See, I think about this stuff all the time now. We were at the museum yesterday, and there's a whole – my older son wanted to see there's a submarine exhibit with, like, a real World War II submarine. It actually was, like – I don't know if I'm just getting older, like seeing actual World War II Nazi paraphernalia and like pictures of soldiers uh, who died, it like really hit me more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, a nice day at the museum. And then it was like, whew. But they have some of the barracks there that they actually slept in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, hmm, it's like if you're, I, I just had this thought, like if you're a young adult who really doesn't want to have to make decisions every day and you just kind of want to feel like a cog in a well-running machine. I was like, what are your options? And I was like, well, it's like military or become like a nun or uh, or brother, right? Like right. they tell you what to wear. They tell you where to sleep. They tell you when to get up and they tell you what to do. I was almost like, oh, I could see how that would be compelling for some people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I really looked at these barracks and thought about nuns. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the same, but in a way it kind of is. Like warping your... It really is. Viewpoint. In a good or bad way, we don't know. But yeah, no, I was just thinking about lives that people choose where, not that the soldiers of World War II chose that, most of them, but I'm thinking about lives people choose where somebody right. tells them what to wear, what to do, when to sleep. And other than the military, there's not that many. That's like the only other option, right? Yeah, is right. religious life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to deal with like dressing yourself every day which is horrible. You don't have to think about what to eat or... I do have to say, going from public school to private school in high school, Mm -hmm. the relief of wearing the uniform was immense. Mm. I was still... I rebelled against it at at times because sometimes the strictness... Well, and you wanted to wear pants and that wasn't... I wanted to wear pants. I wore Converse with a red... Like, we had to wear white or black shoes and my white Converse had a red stripe around it and I got detentions for that. And I was just like... You've got to be like, we don't have anything better to deal with at this moment in our lives. They don't. I would have thought that was really badass. I would have been into your shoes. I would have been a fan. Thank you. Would have been like rock on. But like the getting up and not having to think or put together an outfit that it's, it just takes a lot of time, <laughs> especially in high school when you're like identity, like coming up through your identity and all of that stuff. Yeah. Like, no, I never had to do that. I remember getting to college and being like, oh man, I need to decide what to wear every day. That sounds exhausting. I don't like big deal Steve Jobs. It was like he wore the same thing every day. I feel like that's just something I heard about fashion designers recently, too, is like a lot of them will just have like a uniform they wear every day. There's something to it. The nuns, they got, they figured something out. All right. That felt like a real sidebar. We'll see if I keep that in. But I really, (laughs) 
I just the whole museum thing thinking about none like I just it's there it won't stop tell me some of your new stuff before we get to any more of mine I want to hear something I all of my news is about the Pope (laughs) I had a feeling I had a feeling (laughs) there's There's so much going on with him going on tell me tell me some things about the Pope okay so there's like three three things about the Pope that I feel we need to discuss I feel like you are our Francis correspondent I'm fascinated by this man. I can't help it. I know, I know he's problematic, but I... It wouldn't be as interesting if he wasn't. If he was just like, yay, yay, we love Francis all the time. Right. Then it's the fact that he's so back and forth. Back and forth. He keeps you on your toes, man. Okay, so I think we did not cover Pope Benedict's death. Like we were, we had no. not, we, get, we talked about even doing like a special episode, but we didn't get to it. We didn't do it. So no. much going on. It was like right at the start of the year. And so he, he started making waves like right off the bat pro Francis this year. So there was Benedict passed, of course, given our coverage of popes in the past, the only thing I can think about is, is he being put on display somewhere very morbidly? Oh God, I forgot about that. But is he? Because he's not. Well, he is because he's your pope for life, even if you're not an acting pope, right? Right. He's just out of, yes. He's still the pope. He's just right. Because that's what, like the the two popes is our, the era we lived in for a time. Yeah. Um, it's a special special time. I mean, it's going down in history. It's it's it, great. It is. So Pope Francis didn't like refer to him by name or it was like oh everyone was just like he didn't do a good enough job at the funeral people were upset about it so much drama people are the conservatives feels very high school like well he said this but he didn't say this he didn't say this and then you know pope benedict dies and then immediately pope says homosexuality is not a crime and i was just like are you feeling the freedom to just get out there now what's happening is very exciting. I did see that. So he just wants to make sure that people aren't getting punished for, as he puts it, who they are, which to me, even that simple phrase said a lot, like these, mm-hmm. like not choices. If you're being, you know, born this way, then God must have made you this way. So like, let's talk, let's dig into this. Of course, it's like three sentences and the that's what the AP covered. So he just says, um, God loves all his children just as they are. And he's calling them Catholic bishops who support laws that criminalize homosexuality to welcome LGBTQ people into the church and just kept, he's working on the language that it's not a crime. Now, is it a sin? Uh, That's he, a different story, right? It hasn't clarified fully. Yeah. So, but he does want everyone to ha- like, be given dignity um, that nobody is yeah. a lesser human for that, which I feel like is, I get, there are certain things that for me, I'm always just like, Oh God, that needed to be said. Huh? Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> I thought we, no, we didn't get that. Okay. All right. Let me back up a second because in my world, in my little exactly. brain, exactly. So, like if you had said this, I don't know, 60 years ago, that might be groundbreaking, but right. we're in a different place now. But I've been spending a lot of time with family lately. And, you know, we were t- I was talking with my dad. He's like, did you hear what the Pope said? I said, yes. And I think for some people, it really still is like an act of permission. Like I may have felt in my heart that it wasn't a crime, but I wasn't sure. And now that the Pope has said it, I can actually right. live this thing that I, I did know to be true. Right. Um, but I wasn't sure because... You guys didn't tell me it was okay. So these things, again, I keep thinking, God, well, okay, I guess they need to be said. It's good that they're they're being said to some. They're like pushing the envelope of acceptance open a little bit further. I'm hoping. Right. No. <laughs> I know. It is one of those things you're like, oh, it's great that he said that. And you're like, well, yes, it shouldn't be criminalized. Like that is. That's crazy. You know, you're like, that's horrifying. And that is the reality places and was the reality in the U S for a very long time. And yeah. like, yes, that's absolutely a horrifying human rights violation. So, Horrible. you know, yeah, I did see that. There was a lot of, there a lot of chatter about it. I know. So yeah, he was doing that. And then, but everyone's been talking about the fact that he's still old, right? Like he's still old. old. 
still old, getting older, and like the other Pope died. Like, what's happening? Is he going to retire? Like, back and forth, back and forth. So I don't know if you saw this, but he did then recently travel to Congo. He went to Africa. Did you see that? I don't think I saw that. No. Oh, it is. Let me just. The New York Times headline. It says, in Congo, a pope and a nation revitalize each other. Apparently, he was just like spitting, like out, like quips. Everyone's like, he's alive. Well, you know what? I did see a picture of him like greeting people. Now that I think about it, apparently he was greeted with like a lot of. It was like the opposite of when the royals come to visit. Yeah, he was very well received. Oh, well, the uh, I'm just Googling this. I see a picture of adorable little boy and girl greeting him with flowers. That is very sweet. Yeah. yeah. And so, again, complicated Christian missionary I know. I always, I always feel this. But the people who are greeting him, I feel like it's also, if you love him now, that's, if that, and that's your choice. Like, again, it's everyone's choice at this point. Yeah. I hope it's a choice for people. Now I see that New York Times also published a headline that says visiting Congo, Pope Francis embraces the poor and exploited. Yeah. And that's his like major thing. I also feel like, yeah, I don't know. I can't help but then be like, well, what was the church's role in history? Oh, of in creating that exploiting? poverty? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing with, it's like, I'm, th- I think all the time about our conversation with Sharonda, it's because, you know, it's all it's the same thing with the US for sure. Like, right. oh, we're providing aid. That's great. What do we do to create this problem? And both things are simultaneously, right? Both like, true. Both true. true. I thought it was interesting too, because of this concept of the global church everywhere else like church attendance is down um i did see another article talking about like donations because they're kind of steady but apparently they're coming from far fewer people since the pandemic like much fewer people are going to church in the united states yeah and so seeing this reception he's receiving there i was like i don't think he'd get that no a lot of european places you know yeah uh, america and so like as he's getting older and they're gonna name a new pope I think it's going to be really interesting to see which direction they move, if they continue a global mindset or revert back to Italians. (laughs) They need a non-white Pope. I know. That's who's really in the church. Like that's who's really passionate at the moment. So I, I, to me, like that article, I was like, yes, okay. Pope Francis is having a blast and everyone's happy to see, well, not everyone, I'm sure, but like, it seems like they're generally happy to see them. Although New York Times is maybe skewing the story, who knows? But I was like, oh, that makes me really intrigued about what's coming. Yeah. I mean, those things are hard to know. There's always like, right, you're like on the ground, what's it actually like? Or there's obviously always people. Always. In a community who disagree. But that is interesting. There's been a couple of fun little headlines about Pope Francis. Like recently he said in a homily that homilies that go over 10 minutes are a disaster. And (laughs) (laughs) he told priests, do not tell a homily longer than 10 minutes. (laughs) No one wants to hear you talk longer than that, which is hilarious to me and good for him. Amazing. Some priests needed to hear that. Uh, So that was one. I feel like he's had some singers recently. He had another one. Let's see. Oh, we didn't cover this. This is back at Christmas. I think it was in his Christmas homily. I might be wrong. He warned Vatican staff that an elegant demon lurks among them. I did not hear this. What? Who is the elegant demon? Well, he dedicated his speech to the need to be vigilant about the work of the devil. I don't like talking about the devil. You know this about me. I don't like dealing with it. Yeah, you don't. I don't either. Catholics don't talk that much about the devil. Except at baptisms. And then it's very prevalent for some reason. For some reason. He was talking to Vatican bureaucrats. He said it's not enough to merely condemn evil or root it out since it often comes back in different guises stronger than before. He was saying we like he was part of this. Mm -hmm. He says before it appeared rough and violent. Now it shows up as elegant and refined. So rich people i think so and i think there's reasons to believe that he oh well he told the story of a 17th century convent in port royal france where the superior mother angelique had charismatically reformed herself and her monastery after evil crept in but the devil came back in the form of a rigid faith oh so i think he's like you conservatives are the devil (laughs) 
it's the devil working. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's the stuff of like the pre-Vatican II, you know, uh, traditional Latin mass and stuff. I think oh. this is what he's doing. They had to cast out the demon, but he had returned seven times stronger. And under the guise of austerity and rigor, he had introduced rigidity and the presumption that they were better than others. Yeah. So he's kind of calling the conservative Catholics the devil, which is... Well, okay. This was my one non-Pope piece of news, but it kind of... Okay. I want to know. Did you see that the leaked documents from the FBI? No. Okay. <laughs> so they, they've just been found out because they're targeting Catholics in their surveillance is what, what it says. So I look this up. I'm like, I see this headline, FBI under scrutiny for targeting Catholics. And I was like, what? What? Why are we like in trouble again? I was all mad about it. But then as I read it, the FBI, they're not targeting Catholics. They're targeting, quote unquote, radical traditional Catholics, or as they're now calling them RTCs, or maybe everyone's mm. calling them. I've never heard this. I've heard RTCs. rad trads. That's how they're referred to in the on social media or in the reddit groups and stuff yeah but basically because there's such a growing overlap between far white the far oh my gosh tongue twister far right white nationalist movement and rtcs so that's terrifying i don't think the pope is off base there then white nationalists just find a way to take over anything like or oh, just yeah. to find the oppressive elements of anything like we like you said we have a global church that is mostly not white people and they're like we're gonna make this ours that's what white nationalism does uh-huh that makes me really angry i'm not catholic like i'm not practicing anymore but then you're like no you can't have the catholic church get the hell out of here well especially because they were targeted they targeted catholics let's say like 50s 60s earlier than that i mean mm -hmm. way 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 back right like america does not traditionally care for Catholics and it was white nationalists who sort of led that charge. Right. And like, now they're like, Ooh, come be one of us. Like there's been issues with the, even the, the South side Irish parade. There's been like talk in the past couple of years of there being recruitment because you definitely find there's this idea somehow. Yeah. There's a lot of racism in that community and mm -hmm. uh, you find like, that's like a, People have found like recruiting flyers for like the Proud Boys. I'm pretty sure there was some, I don't know if those okay. Proud Boys are another group. Like somebody found recruiting flyers at that event. Even when I, I mean, I did a, my brother and I went to a Black Lives Matter march like in our neighborhood where we grew up, which is like predominantly white Irish Catholic and needed that march. And people were awful, awful, awful. And the, I just remember oh, I wrote yeah. to the archdiocese. I didn't hear anything. There was a guy um, who had a parish owned ride on mower thing at a park and was like playing. He was riding that with the name of the parish on the side to like protest this black lives matter peaceful March and was playing the Southside Irish song, which is a song that you hear around parade time. And it was like, so absolutely disgusting to me also the song talks about all these parishes that now are are predominantly black parishes because all the white people have moved out so there's lots mm -hmm. of complexity there and i was so i wrote to the archdiocese i didn't hear anything i should have pushed maybe i will bring it up again it was even though it was years ago and then we walked past the catholic church there, not the parish i went to but another one and there were just all these white people who felt very comfortable standing right in front of the church and yelling awful things at black martyrs it's incredible to me how little people listen during mass, right? Because like, you know, listening to any of the things that were being said. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, so is the church like your parishioners seem to think that you're on their side. So yes, correct. Right. When you don't. And if you don't say anything about it, then you are confirming that it's fine, that they're using your space, that they're using your equipment to protest human rights, essentially. <sighs> Yeah, then that's why that's why I don't that's why I don't live there anymore. <laughs> and yeah, and I gotta leave. I gotta or go, go to a Catholic church. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the rad trad thing, it's gross and but it's interesting that the FBI is uh onto them. That's I also found it fascinating that like every article I found about it, the headline was just like targeting Catholics. Like it's almost to get you upset about it, and then you're like, No, they're targeting white extremists. Like, they're not targeting like old 
Mexican American lady who's venerating the Virgin Mary in front of her house. Like that's not what anyone's doing. I mean, it's such a. I mean, they're probably all. I doubt they're just looking at Catholics. They're probably looking no. At that's the other thing, right? Like, but that's the headline because. I thought it was going to be they're targeting Catholics because we still take our allegiance from the Pope or something like uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really interested. I was like, is this really still a thing? But that is not the issue at hand because we could never be loyal to country over church. Right. That's like what they were worried about with uh, Kennedy. Right. Like, he'll just do what the Pope says. Well, he just did what he wanted to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well. I don't think the Pope signed off on some of that behavior for sure. Right. No, 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 no. Well, I have the the Pope thing I sent to you. I was like, you have to oh, cover this. Yeah. This is the I, I have, have it yet. Please, if we cover nothing else, we have to talk about the fact that Pope Francis is uh, touting the the usefulness of the middle finger. <laughs> I can think of the word. There. You think it's just that he didn't know because there's like different. He didn't know because so, middle finger's like a. I don't. Is it an American? Is it North American? Who does middle fingers? North America? Yeah, I think it's just. I don't know. I think it's just us. Yeah, but he. I mean, it was a whole homily about how he went through every finger and how, like while you're looking yeah. down at your hands, you could think of every finger. Like a rosary sure. can be something that you can think about. It's like okay. the thumb, something important that you know. Everything had a a meaning, and so he just. He did the thumb. He did the pointer finger because you're pointing in the direction. <laughs> it was like, wow. where is Thumpkin? But like the yeah, Catholic exactly. version. Then he gets to the middle finger, which is higher than the others, reminds us of something essential, honesty. To be honest means not getting entangled in the snares of corruption, which is just kind of great if you do think of it as the middle finger. The middle finger. I know. But he was talking about all the fingers. I mean, that's the same I thing. I feel like that was always a... Uh, you know, even with doing this Where is Thumpkin song, it's like, well, then you're encouraging children to stick up their middle finger. It's like, well, adults are the stupid ones who made that into, like, a bad thing. Exactly. Um, it's only bad it's if you... It's just a finger. It's but literally I... part of your body. I sitting at home, and my husband uh, sends me a screenshot of the tweet of just the middle finger part. And I was like, <laughs> I was like hey, there's no way this is real. B, that's insane. Like, or has it completely gone off the rails? So it spent me like, and then I was like, I have to look this up. And I was like, it was real, it, but it was part of something else. But of course, everyone just took that part. Just the middle finger part. It is funny. It it's hysterical. It's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> he just, he gets me, this Pope. He gets to me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you are up on your Pope news. You don't, you don't miss things. Although I guess no. you didn't see the thing about the, 10 minute homily so i'm I glad didn't. that i i'm glad that i, I could that. let you know about that Put people in their place let's see there have been a couple other interesting things that came up like uh oh well there's something there's kind of an awful thing which a former teacher says wrongful termination due to sexual orientation archdiocese of denver says she broke contract we've heard similar stories there's a catholic school teacher who everyone loved and she was great but she posted a picture online of her kissing her girlfriend wife i don't know her partner who is a woman and was fired for posting on her own private social media so it's not a crime but you can't be a teacher that's the thing like okay pope you don't actually have i mean i guess you do i guess some um, law enforcement is listening to you or like lawmakers are listening yeah. to you, but like how about your actually like you absolutely do have jurisdiction over catholic schools and hospitals tell them it's a non-fireable offense we shouldn't be firing people from catholic institutions yeah and frankly we should be offering health care for their same-sex partners like that's even I know that is an issue even with some queer teachers who feel supported to whatever degree in their in their Catholic school is that their partner can't get on their health insurance even if they're legally married I think that is still an issue so come on Francis you can I, you, this is something you can actually do it's one of those things right. like one say to say something is one another thing to actually do something let's go we all see the way like let's do it so that happened recently. There was a in a British uh, article about a nun and a monk fell in love, quit their monastic lives, and got married. Oh, it's on. Uh, it was on Upworthy, but this was in Britain. The nun Lisa Tinkler. She became a nun at the age of nineteen, and she was cloistered. Which I didn't realize up until recently. Cloistered nuns often some of these and I've. Again, nuns and sisters, it seems to really vary by order, right? So there's some sisters who, 
But there are some, I know there are some orders where like, you're not supposed to have particular friendships. This is like one of the things that came up on um, podcast about Mother Teresa, but it's true in some orders, like you're not supposed to become extra good friends with anyone. And then, and a lot of orders I'm learning now, like they limit your sleep, which just sounds awful because it's your whole life. So like your, your amount of time to sleep is like six hours a night for like the rest of your life, which sounds horrible. What? Well, I mean, I, that sounds like a luxury to me right now. Why? Well, sure. But like for the rest of your life, if you're <laughs> yes. 70 years old, you get six hours of sleep a night. Like that right. is not healthy. I know. I know. Sorry, it's okay. You will. You will. It'll will. get better. But the other thing is that I didn't realize in cloistered orders, some of them, when their family comes to visit, they have to be behind. It looks like prison. They're like behind bars. They're behind literal bars that you can't hug anyone ever. And that's supposed to teach you what? I don't know, Steph. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds awful. It, it sounds like, like it's just... The pain of sacrifice gets you closer to God, that whole concept. I think so. And actually, and I, sorry, I've gotten off track because I'm thinking about this 19-year-old nun who was closer. Oh, yeah, I was going gotten further than that. <laughs> she got married eventually. But I'm just thinking about like, yeah, if she... I she like met this brother because he was there for some reason. How did she meet him? Most of her time was spent in silent devotion in a small enclosure with a barred window. Jesus, she's like a bird. It's like it's like it's like Big Bird on Follow That Bird, where they like have him in a cage and they paint him blue. That's what I feel like these nuns are. I love oh. that reference. Thank you. That's what it reminded me of. That's <laughs> what it reminded me of. It says she says that the hermit lifestyle deeply fulfilled her interior world. But then Friar Robert, hailing from a priory in Oxford, came to visit and say mass, which I don't understand because I think he's a brother. But how does he say mass? So not clear. I guess I have to look into this up where they did not provide clarification. Mm-hmm. And she and her superior were taking him lunch. The superior walked out for some reason and she was left alone with him and she, they felt chemistry immediately. Yes. The article is not very detailed, but what it sounds like happened is she felt this. Maybe he came once or twice and she felt this. She went to talk to her superior about it and her superior was like, that is not okay that you're having feelings for a man. And so then she just like immediately left. They met up and soon after decided to get married. So, but that makes me kind of sad for her because it's like, oh, she felt chemistry with one man. Well, yeah, she like entered this weird jail situation when she was 19. Right. So I just, I'm, I'm hope they're happy. I do. It makes me a little worried for her because she's sounds very like she hasn't had much life experience. Right. Both of them are in orders. It's like, yeah, who who knows how to actually choose your outfits? <laughs> like, yeah. who's going to help the other one out here? That seems like a yeah. I mean, I guess they're both devoted Catholics, so there's that. They have that in common, but it just makes me like they both are coming from this very unique situation, and now they have to learn to be married. Yeah, it sounds hard. I hope they're doing well. I hope the best for them. Yeah, the nun thing. I just, this is some, I was talking about, I was talking about nuns uh, at Easter no. last year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I had that great, great aunt who was a nun. Oh, right. My great grandmother's sister was a nun. And I didn't see her that often, family parties and stuff. She was much older, you know, by the time I was born. My cousin person, <laughs> I don't even know, second cousin three <laughs> times removed or something. On my mom's side, we have, it's like this very Polish Catholic thing where I know it's, it's my grandmother's first cousin's daughter, but she's like, she used to babysit me. Anyway, she told me that Sister Spensa, our relative, the nun, told her one day that she had been wanting to die since she was 19 or something like that. What? Like, it actually made me very concerned for her. I was like, oh, no, she was struggling. Yeah. And she became a nun because that was the only option for her a really long time ago because she didn't know what else to do. And that made me very sad for her. That's rough. Yeah. Rachel told me this. My cousin, (laughs) third cousin, three times removed or whatever, told me that. And I was like, she's like, yeah, she said that to me one time. And I was like, well, that makes me very sad for this woman. I actually didn't really have a chance to know. And now I feel differently about sister Spencer. I'm worried mm-hmm. for her younger self. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think people do become sisters for like really good reasons that the lifestyle rings true to them, but I also think it's the kind of thing where people could fall into it because they're not sure what else to do. Right. Yeah, I never thought about it too much until that podcast too. Like how did people how were people recruited into it or how did like how does it all happen? I it's now it's like a whole thing where you do like, yeah, you go visit and you stay for the weekend to see if you like it. And 
I wonder what the, that's what I would think I'd like to look into is like, how, what are the numbers like for nuns these days? Yeah, I know it's dwindling for sure. We need to have a sister on the podcast who is. We do. If anyone knows what. Yeah, I have some connections to some. I feel like it's a weird thing because we are. I don't know. I don't know why it feels different than having soon to be Father Nate on the podcast or Father Anne. It's like, yes, clearly you're marginalized here. Father Mm -hmm. Nate, who is not yet Father Nate. But again, he was very open to like, yes, I I think we should be talking to lapsed Catholics. I don't know if I worry that nuns already or sisters already don't have a lot of power in the church. And so I just I'm worried about like blowback for them coming on a podcast like ours, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why that makes me more nervous for for having a guest. Well, that can be part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just need to do that. All right. If you are a sister listening right now, please you reach out. What's wrong about that blowback situation? We'd love to hear from you. Might be. Is that, all- is that all your news? It's all my news. It's all my news. Okay. Catholicism out. All right. <laughs> That's all that happened in the Catholic. All that happened. Oh, you have recommendations? Let's hear. I it. have several. Do you have any? I have one slash one and a half. I let me hear yours. I feel like I've been talking too much. So a friend of mine who actually got me a Catholic story after our podcast aired, so I'm saving it for the next time. Ooh. She also recommended a song that I listened to that I'd like to pass on to everybody. Okay. It's a song. It's called Bad Catholics. It's by the Menzingers. I think you just, just take a take a listen. There's some good lyrics in there about being a bad Catholic student. It just, it, mm. it's very, it, and like the hypocrisy uh, fun. of the church. And that, as I was listening to it, it reminded me of one of my moments of rebellion sometimes, which is when I would drive in and out of high school, I would play Only the Good Die Young by Billy <gasps> Joel. <laughs> I have, I have a strong relationship with that song. Anytime I mention Billy Joel, I just start laughing. I don't know why. I'm just like, I feel like I'm not cool just by admitting I know Billy but, Joel. But you know, you know what? I grew I, up with Billy Joel. I can't help Billy it. Billy Joel slaps. My mom played so many Billy Joel CDs yeah. in the car. And I so also awesome. enjoy some Billy Joel. I know he has had like seven wives or something absurd. He's yeah. just always getting divorced or remarried. But uh, yes. I like some Billy Joel. Billy Joel, Elton John, I'm here for both of those things. That was the music playing in my right? house. And I'm not mad about it. Not mad. Um, and only the good die young is like I I found it to be my little piece of subversion at Catholic school. So I just like I highly recommend a good bad Catholics or you only the good die young listen. But if you also have some more songs, I just like get into that little like subversive Catholic groove with your music. It's great. I'm gonna listen to bad Catholics now. I'm excited. I'll make a we should make oh, we should make a playlist. Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll make yes. a playlist and we'll share it, friends. Yeah. I love that. Do you have another recommendation? Did you Those are, that's one and a half. That's the half. one was by okay. Catholics. Half was like, I just have to talk about it. Because we've never, I don't know if I've talked about my Billy Joel thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an excellent song. I've <laughs> sang it in karaoke. I need to bring it back, honestly. It's a, there's a lot of good things. I have. Catholic girls start much too late. It's, it, <laughs> it's very, um, I think. It felt very real. It like it felt kind of like my parents too. I think my mom sees it that way. She was very devout Catholic. My dad was like, "You might have heard a run with a dangerous ca- crowd. Uh-huh. We ain't too pretty. We ain't too proud." It was like, "Yeah, that's." Uh-huh. Correct. I could do the whole song verbatim. <laughs> we, we know all the lyrics, friends. Yes. Okay. I have several recommend. I've just been every time. I'm like, "Ooh, this is the Catholic thing," and then Yay. I put it in my phone. So I've got. Uh, so Mike Berbiglia's podcast, Working It Out, which I do enjoy. He had, I haven't listened to it It's yet. really good. I really like his podcast. Also, as a storyteller slash artist creative yeah. type, you, it's it's enjoyable in that way. Cause He's a great storyteller. He grew up Catholic. He did a story years ago on This American Life that it took me a long time to make the connection recently that that was him, where he talks about his mom taking him to some event where there's going to be lots of priests and nuns, and she keeps selling it as like, you should go to this with me, Mike. There's going to be tons of priests and nuns, like the old ones. (laughs) And Ira Glass is like, well, does your mom love priests and nuns? He's like, oh yeah, she loves priests and nuns. Loves them. 
that's like fun for her going out seeing the priests and nuns i'm like yeah that's i understand Love that like, stars. Mm-hmm. i had never heard anyone describe it in that way and then i remember hearing Love that story that. being like the story is like his mom's kind of trying to get him to be a priest she also invites this priest that he likes who's like his old teacher because uh, he's like not doing anything with his life and she's like maybe you should be a priest anyway i'll say that you know unmarried no job priest would check off <laughs> those boxes <laughs> no kids no problem Time. anyway he has an episode with jimmy fallon and they talk about growing up catholic and going to catholic school oh, and they that. try to remember the prayers and they mess it up they mess them up and they're like yeah that's how it goes right it's it's they try to say the hail mary and the our father like it's the two of them trying to remember it no but it's so wonderfully catholic they talk about being altar boys they talk about priests they're oh i gotta listen to that I was very excited. I did DM Mike Rabiglia to tell him that they got the prayer wrong. So far, I haven't heard back, but you know, I'm sure any minute he'll respond. He was updated, please. He was just busy. Uh, Okay. Abby Wambach recently had a commencement speech at Loyola Marymount. Oh. She calls out the Catholic Church on some LGBTQ stuff, which I appreciate. She talks about table flipping, and it's a pretty excellent feminist pro-queer speech that she gave at a Catholic university. Great. So it's a good speech. I recommend checking it out. Uh, Oh, I recently watched a show that I didn't know existed, and I'm so glad I watched it. It's called We're Here. Have you seen this? No. It is like Queer Eye, but drag queens, essentially. Love it already. Bob the Drag Queen, uh, Shangela, and and Eureka O'Hara. So it's the three of them, and they go into mostly more conservative towns across the U.S., maybe Canada, I can't remember, but across the U.S., and uh, they put on a drag show with local people. I would say it's like Queer Eye, except so much more radical and subversive. I'm not even, like, a big drag person. Like, I've seen some drag shows. They're fun. I have a friend who does drag. It's, like, whatever, but I don't know. I love, yeah. You're a big drag. Are you, like, a... Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're, like, a drag race person? Love Drag Race. When I went to New York, I followed a drag queen named Lipsinka. Like, I went to all of her shows as a fangirl. Now I want to go. I'm like, why am I not going to drag every weekend? Because they're the best. This show is so subversive. It's so good. There's three seasons. And I feel like you watch Queer Eye and you're like, that was really great. And I feel good about myself. And also, I want to, like, decorate my house and dress better. Like, all right. It's like all those things. I got to tuck my shirt in the front. This show, and you're like, I'm just gonna, I wanna flip some tables, like, screw everything, screw the patriarchy, screw sexism, yes. screw like, you're just, and the grace that these three individuals have with some of the people they are interacting with is beautiful. Just, it's incredible. So I oh. do recommend watching it. Oh, but wait, a couple Catholic things come up. Um, we just recommend Catholic things. I'm just enjoying. <laughs> You're like, I just want drag queens. Well, right. in South Dakota, there was um during the drag show they're trying to put on. There were protesters there pr- praying the rosary to put an end to this evil of drag mm-hmm. queens mm-hmm, mm-hmm, by praying mm-hmm. the rosary. And I just wanted to. I was like, what if I prayed my own rosary? What if we had a people people in drag praying our own I rosary? I really understand that rosaries are gateway drag. So little boys who see pretty beads, those are their first necklaces. You know, listen, I was like, okay, but that's always the thing. I'm like, okay, I'll pray a rosary too. You want to pray a rosary? I'm going to show up mm-hmm. in drag praying a rosary. Like, uh, And then I think it's like the last episode. It's the last season for sure. There's this guy and um, very much like older guy and his mom is like, I think this feels very relatable of just like, well, he does what he does. And I don't ask him about his personal life, you know, even though he's like has had a male partner who Mm -hmm. passed away recently. Anyway, but um, they show her prayer room in her house and it is just decked out in rosaries, crucifixes, Virgin Marys, like the work, like more saints than you find in a church just like wow. decked out so catholicism does come up you go across the country it's hard to not run into catholicism at you know? some point yeah so i recommend that oh and i did want to address uh in the last episode i told i shared that story i told mm-hmm. i reference in that story the snl Su- bill swirsky super fans sketch this mm-hmm. is from 1991. Do you know you know what I'm talking about? You know that sketch? The bear, not the bears. Yeah, the yeah. bears. Yeah, everyone knows that one, right? 
and I was like, yeah, that this story works because those guys are super Catholic. And I'm like, why do I think that? It's his name's Bill. I didn't even think about the fact that his name's Bill Swirsky. But like before I realized his name is Bill Swirsky, I'm like, yeah, well, he would definitely be Catholic with a name like Bill Swirsky living in Chicago. That guy's Catholic. Well, yeah, anyone from the neighborhood where people spoke that way is Catholic, right? Yeah, which is my neighborhood. Also, I just can't tell you the confusion of being a child growing up at that time. The bull, like Michael Jordan, the super fans. I thought the whole world was like that. Like, I thought the whole world was the south side of Chicago. That's God and hard. <laughs> because I saw it on TV and stuff. Well, yeah. Family Matters was in Chicago. That's true. And at that time, though, most of the big... SNL comedians were all from Chicago. They right? were all like, they were Second City people. So the references yeah. were being played out. They got it. Right. So you thought, yeah, yeah, this is the world. So I just, I was like, am I crazy? Like the super fans are definitely all Catholic. They definitely go to mass at least on Christmas. A non-Catholic person doesn't think that, but all Catholic people probably <laughs> think that. Absolutely. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I would like to hear from listeners. I don't I don't see them at a Baptist church, no. No. With those mustaches? No, 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 no. That's the world I grew up in. I feel like that's all I need is just to show someone that sketch and be like, this is how I grew up. If you take nothing else away from this episode, please let us know. Do you believe the bear skies? Ditka. Uh, are they Catholic? Are they Catholic? Thank you. Let me know. Everybody. Please. <laughs> This is a genuine, this is a genuine question. I do want responses. Please call in. We'll put them on the show. Yeah. Yeah, We need to know. I think that's all I have for my recommendations this week. We had a lot to talk about. We need to do what was it called? Second collection basket. Although I did go to church recently and there wasn't (gasps) a second collection basket. So I'm wondering, is that no longer? Do people still do that? They probably do sometimes. Just depends. So for our special collection today, I thought I wanted to give a little shout out. I haven't, I saw her recently. I haven't told her this, but uh, Sharonda, not Dawson, who we had on the podcast a while ago. I just thought for Black History Month, she Mm. is hyper local to me. Brondi House does Black History events at schools and libraries. She's actually coming to my kids' school. I'm very excited about it. And she's also doing something currently called Black School. Like, I don't know. I grew up with kids, Polish American kids going to Polish school where they would learn Polish and learn about Polish culture. And that's kind of a thing. So she created that for black kids to go to black school Oh wow! and learn more about blackness and learn more about the African diaspora. And it's really cool. Great. So she's doing a lot of great work like that. So I thought we could give her a shout out. She's hyper local, but doing amazing work. Sweet. And she's, a, she's the most Catholic non-Catholic as she will tell you. So <laughs> tell me the name one more time. Brondyhouse.org. Brondy. So okay. I will link that in our show notes. Well, we did it. We did it. We caught up on the news. Thanks, Steph, for doing that with me. Moving forward. All right. Well, Stephanie, and also with you. Also with you, Anne.